I'm not introing. I don't know. No, but I'm, oh, intro, but I'm not saying big speak. lens. No, <laughs> 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 or you can just do lens like, yeah, I'm really glad Actually, I'm kind of proud of that nickname because I was good at boxing out. Yeah. So that's why they called me big Were lens you a in the paint. Basketball player? No, I was a guard. Okay. I was tiny, but I liked. I just quit. I'm a quitter, according to my dad. <laughs> according to Big John, I'm a quitter. <laughs> big John, Big John. <laughs> oh, she. She she should have played basketball. I'm pretty sure I've had a conversation with him I about basketball. About how he says Sorry. Lindsay should have kept playing basketball. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He's I just about that. I just had a I had a really I had a really rough experience. Sorry, I did not fit in. Okay, we need to go. We need to go. Sorry. All right, here we go. Here we go. We're gonna see how this goes. I get to see into the hearts of, of coaches and athletes yes. so quickly. We can have this adrenaline rush in the moment and still be the image bearers of Christ that we are called to be. My passion is for the life of Christ to be lived out through me. I mean, Seth turned a little red when he was talking. It was really, really <laughs> I good. I get really excited. We want to find an easier time. We want to find a better time. And it's never going to appear. The best time is now. Zach, you're dropping proverbs on us, man. My work as coach is a minister of the gospel. Man, I am looking forward to more yeah. conversations around this. You guys yeah. are the best. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Competing Biblically podcast. Uh, Nick, Seth, and Lindsay back with us this week. And We've already had some great conversation down here before we press record. Kurt, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so I'm sorry. No, you're good. Hey guys. <laughs> you're anyway, we're we're excited to be here. Lindsay, just just say that. Just say I'm ex- excited to be here. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> Amen. And we're excited to have you. That's kind of... I mean, you are excited to be here. It so it's fine. It'll edit out and it'll be great. I don't know. I might keep some of that in. That's good. <laughs> so, yeah, we used to say this. We say this at Dell State. Where Coach Milstead would, would say, how, how are you doing? The response is, glad to be here. And he responds with, glad to have you. Uh-huh. So... Lindsay, I'm glad that you're glad to be here, and we're glad to have you. Every day's a holiday. Holiday. That was a that? Tracy Short. <laughs> that was Tracy Short, not <laughs> Coach Millstone. <laughs> anyway, hey, you're not the editor. Don't tell us what to cut out and what to keep in. Anyway, everything you say can and will be used against you on the podcast. Okay. Yes, amen. <laughs> yeah. So today, I well, I am excited to be here as well. It is fun uh, recording this podcast. It's fun talking about competing biblically stuff. So yeah, welcome back. Uh, today we're, we're jumping into the last chapter of the HAP. After this, the HAP, we're going to recap it. So there's one more HAP episode coming your way. But yeah, we're through the book. Uh, this last chapter is one that I think was really, really exciting for me to read. Mm-hmm. This idea, chapter 18 is the perfect team spirit. Uh, and we'll just, I think, instead of giving my words, I'll give Wes's words here a little bit where he opens up this chapter saying, no athletic team can perform at a greater capacity than the individual abilities comprising it. 
Yet, if those abilities don't blend together in just the right climate or spirit, their full potential will not be achieved in a team effort. So this idea of coming together in the right climate, or as Christians will call it, the right spirit, yeah. um, this ultimate or this perfect team spirit, what does it look like when a team comes together? And kind of, I don't know, I, I'd like to open up, so we open up with this idea, we haven't talked about it on here in a long time, but there's these things we call them the four uh, channels of mission or four avenues of blessing, other folks call it, um, this idea that we are created for mission. Mission, yeah. uh, and we are to live on mission uh, in the world of sport is no different than the rest of life. So we come to sport with this missional approach. So this idea, a lot of what they talk about here of a team gelling together uh, and all those abilities, I mean, obviously the body analogy plays in really well there in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. Um, but as we're reading this, I think about that first channel of mission, that first mm-hmm. uh, channel of blessing, which is our team. Yeah, those which is, to us. is us doing it together. Yeah. And I think he mentions this at the end of the chapter, but this idea of like even the way that we love our teammates and serve our teammates, the way that we gel together, the way that we love one another, Jesus says that's the sign one of the signs that you're my disciples is the love that you have one for another believer to believer sacrificial. I mean, we know that that sacrificial love, no greater love than this, than that of a man who laid down his life for his friends. Yeah. Um, so we get to see that on display here as we look to gel together as a team. Again, uh, winning can be a byproduct, but it's not the focus. We're not saying yeah. just gel together as a team so that you can have this incredible team and have all this success. But we want to gel together on God's mission and so that God would get glory, that he yeah, would and we could represent him. He would see that he is more people would see that he is more important than we. Yeah. Yeah, and I think linking the submission, so we talked about submission last chapter to this one. And um, I'm trying to think of the scripture, Nick, I don't know if you know it. Maybe I'll try and search it real quick. But submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to have the perfect teammates in order to do this or to live this out. Because we don't submit to one another out of reverence for each other. Mm-hmm. We submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And it's out of our life with Christ that we can be. And listen, even if the whole team isn't on board with this, if you're a lone believer or one of a couple and your team doesn't exemplify this, we as believers can exemplify this and be a shining light, a city on a hill and represent Christ and be his ambassadors there on that team. Yeah, that's Galatians or Ephesians 5:21. Cool. Thank you. So yeah, in light of this um perfect team spirit or in light of this like this unifying spirit all done out of reverence for Christ. Um, Wes kind of starts here with the negative, which I think is is kind of helpful. And we talked about this uh, on the last episode a little bit. I shared some episode. Oh, I shared an, I shared an example of how I did a bad job, mm-hmm. and then of course Lindsay sh- shared an example of how she Ms. did Holy. a great job. <laughs> and, well, and really, I, honestly, shout out my mother in law, Cindy Dale. You're a beast. Really grateful for you using sport the right way. Um, but this whole idea and in my team's example, it started one place, but it kind of, it grew into a big problem of disunity. It grew into a problem where we were not gelled. We were not one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were not imaging 
Christ well in that way. We were all kind of just, there was a lot of people out for their own thing, their own good, and a lot of division between coaches and players. But, um, yeah, he opens up here with this idea of um, of one one player can be uh, a negative influence. Yeah. So Coach Levan used to talk about, my head coach used to talk about this to us all the time, is like he would talk about when things aren't going wrong that it's melanoma. Mm-hmm. So we know that skin cancer is super treatable if you nip it in the bud, if you catch it early and remove it, but it's notorious for growing and moving. And that's the same same way that this stuff happens is like we're looking for this perfect team spirit. We're looking for unity. We're looking for love. We're looking for service. But at the same time, when someone is not looking for those things, it it can become pervasive and it moves from one person to another yes. really quickly. And um, Paul talks about it in, in Galatians five nine. He says that one uh, that one lump of leaven something leaven can leaven the whole lump. Like a little leaven can leaven the whole lump. That's the quote. And Jesus also talked about that the leaven of the Pharisees was pervasive. Like yep. they're the false teaching things that are wrong. And Paul's really direct with the Galatians as he is in all the rest of the chapter yeah. is really direct with like, I think he goes on to say something. We were joking about it. Like, and I am confident that you will all come to my way of thinking yeah. <laughs> on these matters. But yeah, one little, one little piece, one person out of sync can, can have a ripple effect. We, you ended the last episode talking about grumbling and complaining. Yeah. That's one of the first places that we can start like in Philippians 2 and do all things without, do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, do nothing um, out of, with grumbling and complaining. And in doing so, you'll be a shining light. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have to be, it, it might start with, it might start um, the other way where we have to be good leaven that'll leaven the lump and not the negative but the negative is pervasive as well yeah and it's so when people are complaining it is so easy to join in on the complaining and it's hard like i so in my experience i've found it's hard not to complain in the sense when people come complaining to you there's kind of an expectation that you're going to agree with them and join in on the complaining mm-hmm. and it's i mean i've been people a couple I recall a specific instance where someone got upset at me because I wouldn't, I didn't have the boldness to say you shouldn't have that attitude, or, but I just kind of didn't know what to say. So I didn't say much. So I was like, okay, like I, I but I did not want to join the complaining and they got upset and offended that I wouldn't reaffirm their feelings about a matter, regardless of whether they were correct or not. Um, so yeah, I get, I get fired up from time to time. I'll come home and be, just fired up about something in a complaining spirit, hoping that Lindsay will jump in and affirm me and then get frustrated that she isn't. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure that's vice versa true yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, th- I think that's just so natural and easy to do. So we have to watch against that. But I wonder, like, this is something that I struggle with as a coach. When people are complaining, how do you, like, as a coach, you're trying to help set um, an expectation and an atmosphere, a culture, a team spirit. And I struggle with the fact of how much of that is under my control as a coach. Obviously, it's under my influence. How much of it is under my control? Do I make that choice? And how much of that do the players make the choice? Because ultimately, I can coach them, I can teach them, I can preach to them 
about how to have the right spirit. But if they want to complain, they're going to complain. Yeah. And I struggle as a coach. How do I handle that? Do I punish complaining? Do I elevate good leaders and just, but it only takes a little bit to, so people can be on the side and, and it doesn't take very long to have dissension and division. So yeah. I always struggle with that. How to handle that as a coach? I think the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Do you punish it or discipline? Not punish it. Punish it's the wrong word. It, you dis, you, it needs to be disciplined. Yeah. It needs to be, it needs to be cut out. Yeah. Hopefully without cutting the player out yeah. or the coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, celebrating, celebrating the other, th- the other yeah. thing. I mean, I, I wasn't sure if we would, we would share this or not, but at the end of, of last episode, I started off in the pre pre-show meeting. That sounds way too more formal than what it actually is. Um, and when we were talking before the last recording, just this idea as I read that last chapter and it applies over to this one, that role of a coach, the role of a leader. Um, when we look at the example of Christ, like I think our tendency and where a lot of complaining comes from is when we're lording our authority over people. Mm-hmm. We, we have a tendency to do that of like of lording our authority over people as the world does. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I won't go too far into that example, but where you see it with governments, you see it uh, in business, you see it in a whole bunch of places, but instead, yeah, in parenting and in coaching, it's easy for us. The natural tendency is to like, can be for some personality types to flex their authority and their muscle. Um, and that leads to, that can, can lead to spirits being crushed completely or thinking that the, the why like the example of in scripture of wives and husbands mm-hmm. uh, husbands like wives are called to submit says wives submit to your own husband uh, ask the lord and husbands love your wife as christ loved the church and died for her mm-hmm. so you see this example in christ and the same thing in ephesians 5 talks about fathers and sons like don't exasperate your children yeah like don't put more on them than they're they're really designed and can handle so I think it's a tension of those things. You see Jesus led, we talk about servant leadership all the time, but servant leadership is really sacrificial leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, it's like I, complaining is a learned, it can be a really learned habit. We can yes. also be discipled out of it yes. and controlled out of it and kind of transitioning into the next part. I think one of the first places that start is, is with the taming of the tongue or he talks about Ephesians 4.29 in here of uh, letting no unwholesome talk come out of our mouth, but only that that builds up this idea of encouragement, um, yeah. which I, th- I think about often is like, and this is corny, this is an original, I've stolen this from other people, but to encourage means to place courage inside of. Actually, shout out Harry Flaherty Sr. Uh-huh. Uh, he talks about that a lot, but that's what it means to encourage. Is when my words stir courage up and faith in the Lord up in others and belief that they can do what, what God is calling them to do, to be who God is calling them to be, or would I just be speaking with natural tendencies with what I'm thinking and feeling and and all that. Yeah. And I think of that verse pops up in my mind a lot. Um, only like those things that are beneficial and helpful because like <clears throat> Nick, you and I work together a lot and we kind of, we have a relationship where we kind of, when we talk, we just kind of throw everything out and that are kind of our opinions out and, you know, pray about it, talk through it. But 
many times, like when it comes to, so as an assistant coach, um, I'm try to be, not all the time, but I try to be careful about what I say because even the opinions that I have, even if I think I'm right, mm-hmm. um, I try to only say that which is actually helpful. Mm-hmm. So I can be right, but I don't. if I think the head coach isn't in a place to receive it yeah. or wants to hear it, um, then even though I might be right, it might not, it might still be, but it might not be helpful for me to share it, even if it's the correct thing, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, or just because I think a thought does not mean it's helpful. Right. Um, and so, like, kind of taking those thoughts captive and only mm. sharing that which is helpful. So you're, you may have a teammate, if you're an athlete, right. who has an attitude problem. Thinking about it may be helpful. It may be your role to, to talk to them, to challenge them on their attitude to have a better attitude. It may also not be helpful. You know, we have to pray and seek and be attentive to to the spirit and discerning and say only that which is helpful. Um, Because even negative things like confronting someone about a bad attitude or having a different game plan, those things can be complaining or they can be helpful um, depending on when and how we approach those things. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm even like thinking about like, you know, on the field, like tangibly, like, if you, yes. your teammate next to you, you're rubbing shoulders with is having a terrible attitude and it's affecting the play on the field. Like, what do you, what do you do? Do you call it out? Do you say, mm-hmm. Hey, have a better attitude or do you have a conversation with them on the sideline? Like, do you pray about when to, you know, have, I mean, he, um, right here in the handbook, it talks about having the Holy spirit control you. Ephesians five eighteen. be filled and controlled with the Holy spirit. So any action you take outside of any action you take outside the control of the Holy spirit is superficial. So, I mean, really ultimately like how we handle conflict on the field, I mean, within ourselves ultimately, but also with others, um, is a witness, but then, I mean, could have a good mm-hmm. result or a really bad result, yeah. you know, cause they may not be in a, like what you said, may not be in a place to receive it or, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. As you're saying that I think of, uh, so Lindsay and I coached field hockey together. Um, and I think of, <laughs> but yeah, I remember a time um, Courtney was having a rough time in a game. Um, we were at home and was just no, no. We were at Archmere. Was it Archmere or Tower Hill? Where's your friend coach? Where did your friend coach? I don't know if you want to name drop everything. Okay. Well, anyway, we were we were at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, we were at Archmere and we we're getting beat pretty badly. And this player on our team was very, very frustrated, like Mm -hmm. angry, and it was affecting every way that she played. And this was the beauty of being able to coach together uh, is that I am obviously not the field hockey X and O's person in this relationship. (laughs) Lindsay is. Uh, But yeah, Lindsay was able to just kind of pull her off the field and I was able to just talk, talk her through it and help her to gain gain perspective and listen to her and she went and have a had a really great rest of the game like rebounded Mm -hmm. incredibly and it would have been easier for me just to yell at her yeah uh, and just like i don't know i'm there's a draw uh, shocker i'm gonna go to the drawings there's a drawing in this book on page 93 uh top of the page where there's just a, a player holding a ball looking or maybe a coach i don't know a person holding a ball and yelling at another person like 
can can't you do anything right? Like mm-hmm. it's just easy to yell those type of things. We've talked about catch the ball, don't fumble. Yeah. Like and I only have football examples, so feel free to give other ones. But like even like the, even like the generic, I mean you're speaking negatively but i'm even thinking like in a positive sense yeah. like you can do it like uh like no i can't you know i don't know those are things that pop up in my head yeah just like what's really con- <laughs> what's really constructive speech yeah yeah sorry and i don't even think I it's just you. what's constructive but like during a game or even during practice sometimes as a coach i can if you call out everything that goes wrong like everything a player is doing wrong it's going to overwhelm them um, so you may see something that needs to be corrected, even if what you're saying is helpful in a sense, if it's not beneficial, if it's not going to help. So norm- if a player's in soccer, most games are a game of mistakes. Okay. You make a million mistakes yeah. mm-hmm. and you can correct every single one. But as a coach, it's a lot of time. What is the thing that they need right now to help them the most? Mm-hmm. I can forget. So they take every touch and they take it to the right side. Okay, we're going to tackle that. Might work on that in practice later. Mm-hmm. But um, what you know? But maybe they're not picking their head up and seeing their player that's making this run four or five times. Okay, that's helpful. I don't need to criticize or help them see the fact that they're taking every touch this way or this little nuance or that little nuance. Only saying what is actually helpful mm-hmm. um, and beneficial, not everything that you can. And I say that as the chief of people who just like to talk. So even on this podcast, I mean, Nick and I struggle. We obviously have a lot of thoughts mm-hmm. all the time. And it's like, what do we say that even if we think it sounds great, but how can we say things that are only beneficial? Not everything is good, but not everything is beneficial. Yeah. Um, so how, what do we share in the podcast that's actually helpful as we do this? So it's applicable in all things. We talk about being constructive and beneficial. And I don't know how we got on this tangent. <laughs> um, but Nick, I don't know if you want to kind of steer us back into so i hope somebody needed that i hope that helped you guys yeah i mean so how we got there is just i mean that's that is this stuff fleshing out we started with that that's i mean that is a lot of it a lot of competition though a lot of Mm -hmm. the world of sport are either these discussions that we're having inside of our own head Mm -hmm. um or discussions we're like or interactions we're having with each other Mm -hmm. which i think kind of moving this moving the conversation forward is this this idea of in both of these chapters and i think throughout this this book wes has done a great job of contrasting and comparing our natural reactions mm-hmm. to the biblical ones mm-hmm. like we talk about whole heart strong or whole heart new mind strong will great passion we talk about god's way god's power god's glory we got to do it those ways and we got to do we got to approach it god's way by his power for his glory with a whole heart with a new mind with a strong will with a great passion that's building and building and building um but that is at war like that's the spirit Mm -hmm. is at war with our flesh and we are in the heat of the moment having to make decisions and put our natural tendencies to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's our natural tendencies want to come out, but we got to process through them and filter them in order for us to have like this team spirit that is, that is unified, that is working out in love and good works. That is like, even for us, like saying, Hey, this starts with me. I like, yes. if anybody's going to do it, 
I'm going to commit to it. Yeah. And I'm going to do it as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try to bring as many people with me as possible. So Wes talks here about like our responsibility mm. in this is with our words. We've been talking about that being prepared. I think how do you have a team ultimate, the perfect team spirit or how do we have the perfect spirit? And we talked about the, those um, Jesus in preparation and Jesus in action back in those times of, of, of being prepared, being in the spirit. Yeah. Like again, just a reminder, like we can't do this long term on our own. We've, we've got to do it by yielding and submitting to the spirit. And I know this isn't really talked about in the handbook, but I just keep thinking about um, our role as a teammate is almost identical to our role as a Christian in the mm-hmm. church, like as a, a fellow member of the body of Christ. Like, I don't know, as I'm hearing you talk about like laying your life down, I don't know. It's, it's, it's. Yeah. It's team over individual. Right. It's, exactly. it, it's valuing the team over the individual, which we framework alert. <laughs> <laughs> we need those buttons. Yeah. So, so it, for those who don't know, I've been kind of pressing Nick to let us get a, piece of equipment for the podcast which i said yes to i just got to go get the money and go buy it yes saying yes is the easy part but anyways that's what all that's about i'm good at saying yes (laughs) right Lindsay? i'm the yes dad you are he's the yes dad and i'm the no mom apparently (laughs) it's really kind of hard it's so sad that's me and my wife too (laughs) i need to be a better so confession i need to be a better team player and give some yeses to you so i'm gonna do that I'll burden. I'll take the burden of being the no dad sometimes, and give some yeses to you. Okay, and I need just to say yes, obviously, to some things. Look at this. Look at the progress we're making oh, on the podcast. Wow. Couples therapy. <laughs> You're a mess. <laughs> but anyways, what were you saying, Nick? About yeah, you're in team, the middle of the thought. Yeah, team over. It's valuing the team over the individual. How do you have the perfect mm-hmm. team spirit? Is you got to count others as greater than yourself. Yeah. Like, if if I'm out for me as a coach, as an athlete, as a parent, or as a parent, if I'm out for my child, I mean, I. So confession. Sometimes I watch YouTube videos uh, or videos on Facebook, and I'm trying to put that to death because it just is a time waster. Mm-hmm. But I saw this video the other day of a referee. Uh, going to discipline a kid, he bumped into him, too, in, into him too hard, and here comes a parent out of the stand who decks the re- referee. Oh my gosh! So that's obviously out of control. Yeah. <laughs> but even though I haven't acted on that physically, and maybe we wouldn't act on that physically, we have done that. We've all been guilty as parents of doing that emotionally or verbally. Yes, absolutely. Like. So the perfect team spirit, um, whether you're like on from the sideline or, or in the trenches, would be helping us move forward as well. Like yeah. valuing the team over the individual, valuing the long term over the short term, which means as we're discerning what's helpful to say, what's not helpful to say, what actions are helpful, which are harmful, is running that through that discerning process that we yes. are, I don't know where I was reading that about discernment but i was reading it somewhere this week but trying to discern through which means the the word discern means the ability to just see through yeah to what's actually going to be better for the people who are hearing it 
than the way I'm going to feel saying it or doing because that's those natural reactions. That's where this this competing biblical biblically framework is rubbing up against me in life yep. and causing friction and causing tension is because I just want to do my like my first inclination, mm-hmm. my first action. Good news is though, when we press into the spirit, we can have his reaction be our reaction yes but we got to discern through and make sure that it's him and not us yeah yeah i agree and it makes me think that a lot of parents probably need to hear about our redeemed passion through philippians 3 i feel like that's a big big area um because it's difficult and i've been immersed in that and you do you look at the sideline you go to a tournament like a club or travel tournament through the fields and you should look and listen to the sidelines of those games and it's it's really it's to me it almost would depress me sometimes when I walked by because it breaks my heart to see that level of brokenness. And I've played for a couple of coaches who did not refuse to interact with parents for that reason. Now I don't think like looking through the biblical lens and through the competing biblically lens that that's the way God has called us to be as coaches, the ultimate goal. But I can understand why in the naturals because. Parents can be such difficulties. So parents who are listening or, you know, if you're a coach and you also parent, you know, people wear many hats. Parenting is a great opportunity, like an inc- actually an incredible opportunity to do this um, with your kids. And mm-hmm. I think of the example that you shared last episode, Lindsay, I think that's really good. Yeah. So as you're saying that, I just think, Again, our, our ob- objective here is to glorify God. We want to do it for his glory. We want him to receive glory and not us. So as we're wrestling, even with, like, I, I never want a coach to feel that way. If I'm making, as a parent, if I'm making a coach feel that way that we can't interact, I mean, he's not going to want to hear the gospel. Yeah. Amen. He's not going to receive anything like that from me. So we got to kind of keep that in mind. But I, we talked about this. I, I, I think about Paul and... Uh, and Silas in Acts 16, like they come up against difficult circumstances, and their reaction, filled with the Spirit, is to sing home, to sing psalms and hymns and praises to God at midnight in the worst situation possible. Mm. And what's the what's the what's the end game? What's the fruit of that? The fruit of that is the Church of Philippi is born. Yeah, a jailer and his whole family come to Christ. You got Lydia and her crew praying, and now I mean they got a book of the Bible named after them uh, because it's become this church was born yeah. out of adversity. Mm-hmm. So in the same way as we're looking to do this stuff, I mean God is looking to to, to birth something out of this perfect team spirit yeah or out of us fighting as an individual maybe you're an individual yes you're the only believer on a staff you're the only believer on a team or you're a small part or a remnant of believers on on a team or in a school or in a workplace or whatever in a club program but your attitude and effort your words and your actions the stuff that's coming out of you of out of an overflow of your heart your life is speaking what is that speech? Because we know that we we know that God creates things by speaking. What is our life speaking, and what is God going to do through that speech uh, to create something new, to create a, a move of God? Right. I mean, I I, th- I think of the biblical example of Anna in the Bible. Um, how she didn't she didn't give up. She didn't grow weary in doing good. She didn't 
give up in going to the temple to pray daily for the Messiah. And then she ended up meeting the Messiah. And you think about like, I don't know, so often, like even in my relationships and in, in general, I think it's easy to, you know, if we don't see fruit or we don't see something positive come out of our own efforts over even like it could be a long period of time. It could be a short period of time. The tendency is to give up, but the Bible is clear. Like do not grow weary in doing good for in due season, you will reap a harvest. So yeah, yeah, Wes Neal talks about that in the last section of chapter 18, which I thought was really, really applicable and good. Yeah. So, and that's, that's way easier said than done. I like you hear people who have prayed, for things for decades right before they've received them and i think about and then you think of people living faithfully for years or decades like and i've seen how tough it is to live out a team spirit on a team and if you do it for long enough you're going to come across some teams that it's super near to impossible right to be able to do so tough to be able to live Mm. out and i was going to live it out perfectly um, but what a high call that is to not grow weary in doing good. Um, but the good news is there are pr- there's a promise that we will reap the harvest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I maybe that just ends this note on an encouragement to you coaches, you athletes, because I think most of us would be the only or one of just a couple of people in our mm-hmm. context, whether that's on your team, whether that's in your family. These mm-hmm. things happen a lot in families. Right. Um, don't grow weary in doing good so i I appreciate that you brought up that verse Lindsay. um because in due time we will reap a harvest Mm -hmm. and as we talk about we've talked about before and this always nick you always share things that come up in your mind through life this always has been popping up is that we process over results like we do god's way we do the process god's way and the results are up to him amen like we leave those things to him yeah so you do good you do things god's way he's going to bring the harvest you don't have to bring the harvest um so i appreciate you sharing that but so thank you guys for joining us for going through the last chapter of the handbook on athletic perfection we're going to come back next week kind of debrief some highlight some things walk through some things that we talked through this season um so far but thank you guys for joining us if you want to join us on our monday night calls i know i mention it every episode most time beginning and end Link is down below. We'd love to have you to be a part um, and to meet you and build a relationship with you. Um, And then our next call, as of the time that this will release, will be February 7th. So you have some time to get on that. And uh, we'd love to have you. But until then, you guys, uh, enjoy yourselves and do things God's way, God's power, God's glory. Ephesians 429.